gospel reading for this morning comes from Luke's gospel, chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. It's the Lord's Prayer. Listen for what God is sharing with us this morning. He was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us and do not bring us to the time of trial. And he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend and you go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, Lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, He will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks, receives, and everyone who searches, finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So when I was little, I remember my mom tucking me in at night. And together we would say this bedtime prayer in Spanish. Now unfortunately, I can't for the life of me remember that old prayer. And when I asked my mom a few years ago, she couldn't remember either. (sighs) I know. Though neither one of us can remember exactly what the prayer was, we do know that it was... A simple prayer, something that even a small little boy could remember. I imagine that it was something like that well-known bedtime children's prayer, Now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Well anyway, those were my first memories of prayer, praying with my mom before bed. But I also have vivid memories of saying grace together as a family before all kinds of events, family gatherings and dinner at home and even at restaurants. Those practices have left an indelible mark and have stayed with me throughout my adult life. Well, mostly, sometimes, Okay, I don't pray as often as I should anymore. I confess. I do want to pray more, but I have to be honest, I struggle. When I do remember, I oftentimes struggle with 
what to say during prayer. As a pastor, I'm often asked to pray, and though I'm supposed to be the guy that knows exactly what to pray for, the honest truth is that I'm not always entirely sure. Sometimes I wish that I knew exactly what to say to make other people feel better. Sometimes I wish that I knew exactly what to say to make God feel better. Sometimes I wish that I knew exactly what to say to make me feel better. Praying, prayer is a challenging thing for many of us. Perhaps we're so busy that we forget to pray. Maybe it's too overwhelming. What if I don't know what to pray for? What if I don't have the right words? Am I even doing it right? Do I have to pray out loud and in front of people? That's just so embarrassing. What if someone makes fun of me? That's sort of an irrational fear, isn't it? It speaks more to our own fear than everyone else's. When have we ever made fun of anyone for how they prayed? Even when Noah would pray for things he wanted for for Christmas or for his birthday, I bit my tongue. I didn't call him out on it. Even though I wanted to say, what are you doing, bud? Of course, he was just learning. And we've taught him through example and guidance. And we'll continue to do so. As we journey together through the lectionary and with Jesus heading toward Jerusalem, our attention also turns toward prayer. Over the last few weeks, we've witnessed Jesus' emphasis on the cost of discipleship, His focus on hospitality, and His development of the two greatest commandments, loving God and loving our neighbor. And now we see Jesus turn toward prayer. Luke's Gospel in particular focuses on prayer more frequently than the other Gospels. Luke begins with prayer and ends with prayer. Jesus receives the Spirit while praying. He prays regularly and before crucial events like the call of the disciples. Jesus' fateful decision to go to Jerusalem, the transfiguration, and the Mount of Olives. Jesus dies praying. And then the risen Lord even prays with His disciples. So clearly, we know that Jesus valued prayer. He spent a lot of time doing it. Sometimes to, to the dismay of the disciples, you couldn't keep your eyes open for even one hour? So Jesus prayed a lot. And if we are to emulate Jesus and His example, then wouldn't it stand to reason that we should pray like Him and as often as He did? Well, back in Traverse City, whenever we would get together as a youth group, whether it was every Wednesday night for our regular fellowship or before special events like retreats, we would circle up and pray. Oftentimes, I would invite everyone to share any joys or concerns that they had with the rest of the group. You could always tell when there were uh, tests coming up in school because the kids would ask for more prayers that particular week. Well, anyway, after asking for prayer requests, I would often ask if anyone else would like to lead us in prayer. And of course, what would happen most of the time 
crickets. I would look around to make eye contact and to see, to see if anybody was brave enough to pray out loud, but everyone's eyes were either pointed toward the ground or looking up or just closed. <laughs> so as a pastor, I usually end, ended up doing it. And I know that it's hard to pray out loud in front of other people, I know that it's especially hard for teenagers. But maybe more than just saying the right words, the question is about if God really answers our prayers. Maybe that's what causes us to hesitate to pray in front of others. Maybe we're afraid that if we pray for something, it won't happen the way we hope it would. Or worse yet, God won't hear us. Well, once again, Jesus takes to parables. And He said to them, suppose one of you has a friend. And you go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread for a friend of mine has arrived and I have nothing to set before him. And He answers from within, don't bother me. The door has already been closed and locked. My children are in bed. I can't get up and get you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is a a friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. In this short parable, Jesus assures us that God answers prayers. If even a sleepy and irritated neighbor would rise in the middle of the night to give aid, then surely God who neither slumbers nor sleeps, will answer our prayers. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish. If the child asks for an egg, will, will you give a scorpion? If then you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? This last unit uses three metaphors about questioning. A beggar pleading a seeker for wisdom searching, and a person knocking at a door. Ask, seek, and knock. In each case, the desire is granted. Then Jesus advances a fourth metaphor, a child entreating a parent, and moves the argument from the lesser to the greater. If human beings know how to give to their children, how much more does God? Jesus uses fairly common examples or experiences common to the culture to help us understand the nature of prayer. Even though Noah and Clara are not likely to ask us for fish or eggs, especially when it comes to Christmas and birthdays, the reality is that we would never give them something harmful in place of what they ask for. And we wouldn't do that as moderately responsible parents. So then, how much more would God, who loves us, 
give to us. But here's the thing. Ultimately, the Lord's Prayer teaches us about life as ongoing prayer. You see, what the disciples wanted to learn from Jesus, what they really wanted to know, was how could they, in imitation of their Master, turn the entirety of their lives into an extended act of prayer. The same as they observed from Jesus Himself. One of my favorite seminary professors posted on his Facebook feed many years ago, to want to pray is to pray. The desire to pray is a prayer. People pray much more than they think they do. In fact, some part of each one of us prays continually. And that gives me great hope. Prayer isn't about the right words or how pious we might look in front of other people while doing it. Prayer is about our identity. It's about drawing closer to God and into deeper relationship. It's about a life oriented towards God. It's about a life dependent on God. It's about loving God and loving neighbor. After all, how much more would God give to us? Thanks be to God. Amen.